Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast. I'm your host, Robin, and this is where we normally say we are a podcast of everyday women sharing real and personal stories of God's goodness. But today we are a little different. Not only is it not just women, it is women and men, but it is students. And this is a story that we are so excited about because y'all have been asking since the beginning of Storytellers Time for a story on social media. And we just weren't sure how to give you a story because we're not a place where people get up and speak and give advice and counsel. We share stories. And it's hard for moms and women our age to share a story on social media without it being our child's story. And so this fall, we really prayed through it and decided we would have a panel of college students who have really walked through social media since the beginning of it to share their personal stories. So we have a panel today of two girls and a boy who are so willing to share. We gave them a lot of questions and they're just really open and honest about what it's looked like to walk through their entire lives with social media and the things that they would have done differently, advice that they would give to parents. And these are their stories. And so today we bring you the stories of these three students. And we just want to remind you that they are not experts. They do not claim to be experts. So we just want you to grab a pen and paper and take notes just from some kids who have been there and done that. And we are so thankful for them sharing. And here is our panel on social media. Today's episode is sponsored by Village Dermatology. And y'all, I just turned 50 and I wish I would have taken care of my skin sooner. But the good news is I've learned that it's never too late. Village Dermatology offers all your skincare under one roof, medical, cosmetic, an aesthetic and laser center, and a Skin for Life boutique. So if your teenager is struggling with acne, maybe you have a loved one suffering with eczema, or if you want to look refreshed, Village has you covered. Village Dermatology wants you to face every moment of your life with confidence and self-assurance because they know it's in those moments that you present your very best to the world. For more information, visit their website and online store at villagedermatology.net. Use the code STORYTELLERS20 to receive 20% off your first product in their online store or in their Skin for Life boutique. Village Dermatology, helping you live a beautiful life. Hi, I'm Natalie. I am 20. I currently intern at Church of the Highlands with our worship department. And I grew up in a divorced home, so grew up with step-parents, grew up with step-siblings, um, and just a lot of different experiences through that, getting exposed to a lot of different things that maybe I didn't need to know growing up that now, I mean, praise God, like I get to speak into like younger kids now, like getting to help with city groups and different things like that. That's really um, on my heart to be passionate for as um, the next generation and getting to experience social media in different ways through being exposed to different things. My friend group was different in high school than maybe what my parents had raised me to believe due to just different reasons. And I'm really excited to just get to answer your questions today and get to know y'all and hopefully help out. Hi, everyone. My name is Kyra. I am as well 20 years old, and I have the honor of serving on staff at Church of the Hollands. And a part of my, a little part of my story is that I'm a preacher's kid, so my parents are pastors. Um, I grew up in church all of my life from when I was a baby until now. And in high school, like I my biggest thing growing up was a fear of like actually knowing that I was called to be a ministry and that I was called to um, be full time and what God has called me to do. So I my way of going about it was trying to fit in with everyone and trying to see what could I do, what could I get into, but also scared knowing that I wasn't supposed to. So that's a little part of my story, knowing, you know, the good from bad and knowing right from wrong, but choosing trying to see like how much could I do or how much could I get into without getting in trouble and knowing that I was wrong. So, yeah. Um, my name is Josh, and today I'm 20 years old, so it's uh, pretty great. Um, but I am a fourth semester in Highlands College. Um, I help out with students and just am passionate about it. So I grew up in a uh, Christian household and had just kind of like a lot of restrictions, which were healthy as a kid. And then when I was 16, my parents divorced. And so those restrictions kind of just went away. Um, and so I got to experience new things, do different things. Um, so I've kind of seen both aspects of restrictions and non-restricted, um, just living in life. And so um, like them, I'm passionate about the next generation, the youth, and uh, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. All right. Well, you can just hold it. Okay. Well, y'all, 
give us a little bit of your history of social media, like when you started using it, what was available, and then a, a little bit of your story in that um, up to today. Like you were saying, you had restrictions up until 16. If you'll just share a little bit of what that looked like, and then um, if you want to go on an answer from that, what do you wish your parents had done differently when you were teens or, you know, even now or as young, younger kids? So, yeah, I've uh, had social media a good bit of my life. Um, it started with email in the fifth grade, um, which was huge for me. Um, so I could email uh, my friends. And, and then I got Facebook in middle school. Um, just loved uh, that. Um, and then when I hit about eighth or ninth grade, I believe, um, I think I got an, an iPod Touch or an iPhone um, and just kind of had social media at my will, um, whether I wanted to use it or not wanted to use it. Um, and I kind of wish my parents would have just defined a line more clearly for me um, in the terms of social media. So they did when I was young with Facebook. They said you have to be 12 to get Facebook. They caved about two months early, so I got it at like 11 <laughs> and 10 months. But... Um, but yeah, so they had restrictions there, but every other area they didn't have a lot of um, expertise in, like uh, Instagram and YouTube and all that. So they didn't really have any restrictions on that. And I just wish um, there would have been like a clearly defined line of like, um, you're not going to spend five hours on YouTube. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. Um, but you can do these things. Um, I got social media when I was in the seventh or eighth grade, eighth grade, I got a Facebook. I did have an email before that, but my first thing was a Facebook and then I got it taken away because I thought I was going to stand up for my generation and say something and I got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> but, um, I know <laughs> I got it taken away and I did learn a lot. There were a lot of re uh, restrictions that my parents had set in place. There was a lot of rules. And a lot of things that they told me, but I just wanted to see how far I could get again. And <laughs> I got it taken away. And then my ninth grade, I got it back. And that was the first thing I had. And they told me I was going to get anything else until I was able to show that I could be um, very responsible with what they had given me because social media was a big thing. It is a big thing. And it's um, you're stepping into something new. You see stuff and you read stuff that no parent would probably want their child to read majority of the times. So... Um, that was a big thing for me. They did cut off. It's three of, I have a sister and a brother. So um, they were monitoring all of us <laughs> at the same time. They ended up getting the app to monitor us. But that was a big thing. Like they cut off uh, times for us. They would take our phones at a certain time. And then as we got older, it just got hard for them to try to get everybody up at one time. So they gave us our phones back. But um, that was a big thing. And then I got Snapchat and they still monitor that. And then I got Instagram and they still monitor that until... I got about in the 11th grade, and then they still monitored it, but they didn't have an app. It was just what they saw, and they would come and say, hey, you need to take that down, or you need to watch you know, what you're saying, and so forth and so on. So. First like, experience with social media um, was Facebook, and that was when my friends and I were in, I think we were in sixth grade. I don't want to say fifth grade, but definitely like fairly young, and um, I made it without my mom knowing, and then I told her after I'd already done it. So I was the, I was the independent child. <laughs> I made my own decisions, and then I said what I did wrong. Um, and I just remember, like, the first experience with social media was wanting just to communicate with my friend group. Not so much post anything, but really just have that freedom to whatever age you are in fifth grade. I think that's what, like 11, 12, something like that. Like, it's fairly young, but I grew up in a really um, divided household. So my parents divorced. Like, both sides of my family were just kind of in this emotional chaos for a really long time because it was just a very difficult situation for all of us to process. And so for me, uh, I was the youngest kid at the time. I really didn't understand what was going on. So emotionally, I'm having to process the fact that my dad no longer lives at home. And my mom, you know, she's constantly in, in this like state of trying to grieve, but also trying to lead our family and do everything she can as a single mom. And so I'm like, y'all have fun. I'm gonna go figure out what I'm doing because you're, you've got your own problems to deal with, and <laughs> I've got mine. And I, I've always been that way, though, just to have a very strong-willed personality and an independent personality. So for social media, it was never intended to be a um, rebellious thing as much as was I craved having just normalcy and some kind of just community where it didn't feel like I was the odd one out of my friend group who had divorced parents. And so when we were young, I think it was just almost like in my grade, like, I, I felt like I was the only one that had divorced parents. And so 
my friend group quickly became the people that had other like broken ho- households and we got we got into a lot of trouble because we all just wanted to escape we all didn't want to have to remember what we had to go home to not that it was anything shameful but it was just it was difficult for us like it was it was painful for us to see our parents go through that and then also try to be there for them and for social media it quickly became something that I turned to when I needed like a mental break so I got Facebook and then quickly got Instagram and then it was Snapchat and this was all through middle school I think and so I've had social media for honestly since I can remember which is almost, almost really scary because it's like I learned a lot more about relationships about culture, about politics, about all the things that I almost wish my parents would have taught me through social media, but I felt like I knew it all, so I didn't ask. And I think one thing that now, looking back, had I gotten to sit down with my parents and we all would have processed through it, that individual relationship, that one-on-one relationship, even though like my parents are walking through a very, very, very difficult time in their life, that is so difficult. And for our family, like it, it's almost selfish of me to feel this way, but it, it's as a kid thinking like I almost wish they would have still been intentional about that one-on-one relationship that they have with me because I didn't have any restrictions they weren't paying attention they were paying attention but like there was so much already going on that social media really wasn't something that we worried about um and so I got I got into a lot of things (laughs) I learned a lot of things I planned and, and and like went to parties through social media like it was just this whole new world of independence and so I think that one-on-one intentional relationship with my parents would have been something that would have kept that trust there so I could feel open enough to talk to them about the things that maybe I was feeling or going through. That was super insightful. (laughs) Um, Do y'all have anything to add to that? I I just want to ask kind of right here on the spot, if you don't care, the fact that you learned about so many things through like news articles and things on social media, is that true for all of you? Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. (laughs) My kids are not quite there. That's why I'm like, um, are there any apps, we're going to switch a little bit to apps. Are there any apps right now that have been dangerous for you or not great? And then what apps have you found that are like really helpful and encouraging that you love to use? Enlighten us because I guarantee you a lot of us don't know. I guess the first one that I can think of for me personally was Snapchat. I, I was like, man, these messages disappear. Okay. <laughs> I, that took away all fear of my parents ever finding out anything. My parents did not have social media. They had Facebook, but like they weren't really in Instagram or anything like that. So Snapchat was the cream of the crop for me. Um, I, I think there's a lot of confidence or false confidence thinking that all of those messages or pictures or whatever else like go away. Um, but actually in the privacy policy of Snapchat, once you sign up and agree have an account snapchat has the rights to every message that you send picture or you know typed out and so it actually doesn't go anywhere learn that um scarily in our youth camp and it was (laughs) wake up call (laughs) 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 to say the least and um i think for kind of what kyra was saying with her parents with like snapchat and instagram things like that like i think my parents having limitations on or even just being on it would have made me have a little bit more like slow down and things that I decided to do. It's like, oh, they could, they could see this. Um, but Snapchat, I think, is one that it's kind of hit or miss for some kids because a lot of the time, like, it is fun for them to just like do the little fun filter games and it's innocent. But I think for me, when I was growing up, that was one that I was like, hey, I can get away with a lot of stuff right now. Awesome. Um, and then I don't really, I'm not on TikTok, but I think TikTok right now, like we all were talking about it earlier, but there's just a lot of stuff that's on there. And because it's so new, there's a lot less filtered content. And I think that's one that I just would recommend like having a really close eye on because there's like self-deprecating humor, self-harm humor. Like there's things that are like a lot of more harmful than maybe we would think they were, even though it's just, inno- it's supposed to be innocent. Um, and then one I think that's pretty, I think it's now a little bit more refined would be Instagram because there are a lot more like back-end controls for parents and you can do um, like on iPhones. I know that there's uh, what parental controls is that what they're called. When I grew up there was not any kind of parental (laughs) settings so I think those would be the kind of the three that I would say. I mean I would definitely say the same thing. I know for me I so I got a snapchat when I was in uh, high school. I knew nothing about it and then all my friends had it and I was like this is cool, but <laughs> but the older that I've gotten, like um, 
they it's just open more open now and mm-hmm. they have more ads that wasn't on there when I was in high school. So it's just something to keep a close eye on in my opinion because it is more things on there that is just like okay, no. Nah. It's more sketchy than like she said your Instagram where they're more like refining a few things and you have, you know, you can update and look at what your child is doing. And I agree the same thing with TikTok like it's more than just dances that <laughs> the kids are doing. It's a lot of humor and it's adults on there as well. Mm-hmm. So I think, and same thing she said, like I would, that's one to keep a watch on. So, um, Just like them two, uh, Snapchat was one of the first like direct social medias that I got to be able to communicate with friends. Um, and just like Natalie said, like in your mind, like the messages go away, like everything that you say won't be seen again unless for some reason they save it. Um, but it just takes away all like abandon like you can proverbially do whatever you want say whatever you want um and it it won't come back to you and so yeah there's no consequences um and it's all personal so like if if you were on social media you wouldn't be able to see the messages your your kids send to other people um and so snapchat was was one of the first things i just kind of like deleted and, and got rid of um, just because you can send anything to other people and other people can send anything to you. Um, so if they find out your Snapchat username, they can send you um, anything. Um, but then Instagram, um, that is, it is getting a lot better. Um, but there's still an explore page on Instagram mm-hmm. that really almost anything can pop up on. Yeah. Um, so it kind of just opens the world to like any voice being able to come in and say things. Um, but it is, it is doing a lot better with um, the parental controls mm-hmm. I would say that YouTube is um, one of the best platforms um, to monitor your kids because you can yeah. see all search content, um, anything that they've watched. You can even put restrictions on videos um, and tell um, YouTube to not like allow them to see this. Mm-hmm. Um, but TikTok is, is really unrefined right now, and it's not it's not very healthy. It's I've noticed um, in student ministry. Um, students uh, have a lack of um, attention span because of it, because they see um, humor, they see laughter, they see um, just sadness, whatever emotion in 10 seconds, 15 seconds, and then they swipe and see it again. And so it just gets all those emotions going um, in their mind in a very quick span. So they're used to that. So sitting down talking with people is just kind of lost its effectiveness um, in face-to-face conversation. So whatever you can to, to be on that or, or monitor that. Um, I think I'm pretty sure you all pay for your child's phones. Um, so you have the right to um, monitor it. To, you have the right to have their passcode and, and to check it at any time. Um, and I think, I think that would be helpful. One last thing is that on Instagram too, I think it's very easy for like, I think just teens to see that highlight reel of people's accounts and so it's really easy for them to think my life has to look like this for me to feel satisfied and I think one thing I I know my mom really poured into me and and my dad but also kind of just learned through other mentors is that on social media people want to put their best foot forward and that's not what reality may look like all the time and so I think that's always something just nice to hear from your mom or dad that you don't have to be that way to feel good. That actually flows right into the next question, which is with those and seeing pictures of your friends when they were out, how did that affect you feeling left out socially? I th- and I'm especially curious in the difference between a boy answer and a girl answer on this one. Um, just how did it affect you socially, seeing friends somewhere or, you know, different things like or people posting pictures of a party? In high school and really in middle school, I was hanging out with people that we did go to parties quite often and we did do a lot of things our parents didn't know about. And whenever I would see my friends hanging out or maybe friends that I wanted to be closer to that maybe weren't in those things and seeing them hang out without me, I always felt like, man, I'm not good enough. Like, I've made so many bad choices. My reputation is terrible. Like, I don't, I don't have that ability to go hang out with people that I know are making the right choices. So I almost felt, like, separated. But it definitely impacted, like, the way I viewed myself and, like, what I thought about my character, what I thought about how my parents raised me, like, it was never against them, but it was always just the enemy lying to me saying, you will never, ever, ever qualify to have, like, a blessed life, and that is just so hard to think, like, I'm 14, 15, like, we're gonna be okay, but (laughs) at that moment, it's just, like, your social life is almost your whole world, it's what you, it's what you define so many things by with your friendships, and, you know, my, I, I changed high schools 
after my freshman year of high school. So when I changed schools, being the new kid and not having any friends, but seeing everybody add you on social media and they're hanging out, it's like, okay, I'm gonna get invited next time. I knew it. <laughs> and it doesn't happen, and it's not like the end of the world, but you know, it is hard because um, I'm not going to a, a full-time job where I don't have like friends that I know of and, and doing things like school is all I have right now. And it unfortunately is the most important thing in my life, social life. So it definitely impacted how I saw myself and how I valued my relationships at home. And so it almost was like, well, so-and-so's parents take them out to dinner every weekend. Why can't we go? Mm-hmm. You know, and we, do, we don't do these things. We don't go on these vacations. Like, why don't we do that? And it's almost comparing my family to theirs, and it's not fair to my parents, but it's also not fair to myself to discount or discredit what my parents were doing, everything they could do to love me the, way, the best way that they knew how. Ms. Tyra? Um, so starting off, like I said, I, I, was a, I am a PK. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, when I got into the ninth, end of my ninth grade year, 10th grade year, I kind of got into the swing of like, okay, I know I'm called, so I can't do what everybody else is doing. So um, I have friends, but it was crazy because all of my friends were like, they came from a broken home or they didn't have a father. So my parents were like their parents and they always looked to my family for support. I always had people at my house. So um, when it got to like parties and people going out, at first I was bothered in the ninth grade, but then when I got in 10th grade, I was like, I honestly don't care. Because it was nothing that was fulfilling, to be honest. It was something for them that was a moment, and then you go back home and you go back to maybe a broken home or you go back to hurt, you go back to pain. So um, my ninth grade year, I started asking my parents if I can go, and they were like, no. And I was like, oh, this is a bummer. You mean to tell me I can't have fun? And then my 10th grade year, I was like, hmm. I, like, I started to understand that it was more than just a party. It was more than just friends hanging out. Like It was yeah. actually something that they were like hiding or something that everybody was just going to try to you know let's ease the pain and then we go home and then they would tell me like hey Kyra this is why you're not going or this is why we say no and in the moment I didn't understand and I was like okay I get it but now that I'm older like I'm so thankful that my parents said no but their no wasn't just like no and you can stay at home it was like no but what do you want to do with us we can do something with you we can take you out we can take you and your siblings out we can go watch a movie or we can have a family night and I appreciated that because I realized like some of my friends didn't have that and it got to a point where my friends stopped going to the party and they would come to my house for family night or they would come to my house to go out of town with my parents so at first I um I didn't like it but now I see that it was um it was more than just an invitation to a party. It was more than just an invite to hang out and have fellowship. Like, it was actually something happening that my parents saw that they didn't want me to be a part of. So it sucked at first, but now I'm grateful. <laughs> <laughs> On the topic of, like, the fear of missing out, I think uh, guys tend to um, act like it doesn't phase them, um, but it does. Um, if they see their friends out hanging out, um, they might not say anything. They might not act any way, but they're like, why didn't I get invited? Why didn't... Um, why am I not there? And so I think it's, it's the same effect of seeing social media, seeing the highlight reel. You see um, the things that they're doing, and even like with parties and, and drinking and um, even drugs, like you see on social media the supposed good things out of it. So you see the fun, um, you see the, the party. It looks like it's fun. It looks like uh, all these different things. And on social media, you don't see like the negative effects that it has. You don't see that like people are actually addicted to drinking and and drugs, like you don't see that. Um, And so when you're not invited to that, it makes you curious to wanna go out. And so I think um, just showing your sons that like there are negative effects to all the things that they're seeing people doing. Um, So it's really gonna backfire on them in the end. And like Kyra said, like if you keep them in or you, ask them to not go somewhere and just give them an alternative, then I think um, it might, um, they might not understand it right away, but they're gonna know that like, they're not going to those parties and people are ultimately like empty going to those parties and it doesn't fulfill anything, um, but hanging out at the house, having game nights, having um, just kind of like wholesome fun does change things. And I even noticed that going from both scenes, like the party scene, and then I would just, I'd rather go to a friend's house and hang out and know that like, I'm not going to be pressured to do anything. I'm not going to yeah. um, be asked to do anything. So giving them an alternative, I think, is is very helpful. How are your friendships affected by social media? Like, And even through texting and the ways you communicate with friends, like dating life, and do you m- communicate through various apps or face-to-face? How has it altered 
Um, and y'all may not know because this is the way you've grown up, but um, like, does it make face-to-face conversations more awkward if you're used to communicating through DMs or through texting only? Kind of, How has that affected relationships for y'all? What does that look like? Um, so because I had a while before I got social media, when I did get it, I found myself communicating through that more. And then when it got to face, face-to-face conversations, like if it was somebody that I knew, I was just like, Ugh, oh my gosh, like I have to talk to you now. <laughs> and um, it came to a point where I was like, okay, you can't be so comfortable with uh, behind the phone. Like you have to have a face-to-face conversation. So at first, it did affect a lot of my relationships because I am naturally an introvert. And when I was a kid, I used to run away from everybody when they wanted to talk to me. (laughs) So um, when I got social media, it kind of affected me. But then my parents, when they started putting restrictions on times and everything, it made me realize, like, oh, I really do have to, like, know how to have a Mm face-to-face conversation. And I loved how they did. At first I didn't, but now looking back at it, how they would take our phones away at a certain time and we would like sit around the table and look at each other and we would have to talk. And I was like, (laughs) this gets awkward, but if somebody says something, it gets better. And it just taught me like that I couldn't stay behind or stay in my room and be on my phone or I couldn't stay and watch TV or just play a game the whole time. Like I have to know to not only how to communicate with my family, but with friends. Like I have to know how to have a real conversation because you're always not going to be behind the phone your entire life and you're not going to hide behind a camera or hide behind, you know, DMs. Like you're actually going to have to hold a conversation and know how to talk. That was a big thing because I said that I was so quiet or so much of an introvert. I always reverted back to that. Well, I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm shy. I'm not going to talk. And my dad was like, no, like that doesn't define who you are. You're going to have to come out and talk to people. <laughs> You're going to have to say something. And it helped. It really did help. It helped yeah. a lot. Um, I think a lot of relationships can be shaped by social media and texting. Um, through a text, you can't, like you can't understand sarcasm. You can't understand like the emotion and with the words they say it, like facial expressions do a lot yeah. to how words are, are portrayed. And so, um, and there's also a confidence behind the phone mm-hmm. that I think um, I've seen a lot of um, younger people and I even saw it in my own life. I would be confident over the phone. And then if I was uh, talking to you in person, um, I would be anxious and not want to. And I think there's a lot of um, students that are struggling with anxiety because um, of that simple fact they know all talking, all communication through a phone, as much as you can do to, to have them talk face-to-face, um, I think it will shape relationships. And it also helps because in high school, you're kind of open up to the high schools around you and the people around you. And through social media, you can communicate with them freely. Um, and I would notice I would talk to anybody on social media, but when it came to like in-person talking and like really getting to know you, um, it, it wasn't the same. It wasn't like it didn't easily flow or anything like that. And I think um, ultimately God created us to be with people and not um, and just over the phone takes that away. Um, so seeing other people's face, talking to them, getting to know them um, really can can shape how they communicate. My situation was a little bit different growing up because of my parents being divorced. My dad is also in the military. So he's in the army. Um, thank you also to any families that may have relatives in the military, seriously, thank you so much for their service and your sacrifice. Um, Growing up, not having my dad always around was different, so like FaceTime was awesome. Skype, awesome. Like it was so helpful. I remember when I got a Skype, I'd Skype my friends and oh gosh, so weird. (laughs) Now that I'm thinking about it. Um, But it was was a really helpful tool because, you know, I didn't see my dad for a year because he was in Afghanistan and I was in you know, eighth grade, and it was like, well, what's up, Dad? You know, how's it going? And so that it was it was really helpful, but um, for uh, peer relationships, I definitely f- agree with what both Kyra and Josh are saying. It, it definitely added anxiety to me because I was always the girl with the reputation. I was always the girl getting into trouble. I was always the one getting ISS at school and all sorts of things. And it was simply like a cry and like a desperate cry, like, please, somebody love me. Like, please, somebody, like, invest time in pouring into me and like coming home all of my family members like we, we always just had technology like br- my brother had uh, video games my mom had video games like on her computer and my dad you know he's in the uh, kitchen like learning a new recipe or something but it always felt like we were separated because of this this digital wall and even now it's like I, I can see myself whenever I feel uncomfortable I'll pull out my phone <laughs> like if I, if I don't want to talk to anybody I'm like all right I'm getting on my phone and it's almost like that comfort blanket that assurance of like I don't have to be relational. I can just like withdraw myself and not actually get vulnerable in conversation. I can just text a friend and then they'll actually never know what I'm going through. Um, 
So definitely in high school, it, it, it impacted my friendships because, like I said, I changed high schools. So I was talking to my friends at old high school, and then my new friends, uh, it, it, it always felt like something was going on. I just I needed to be a part of it. Um, and then with dating, like, I know I use social media inappropriately because I thought that that was okay because that's what a lot of my friends were doing. It was like, if a boy likes you, he's hitting you up on Snapchat. There's a, there's a fine line that you can cross very quickly. And it's something that, for me, like, I thought it was okay because I thought that's what romantic relationships looked like. <laughs> and I'm, like, 15, and I don't know any better. And, you know, I'm not talking to my parents about it. I don't feel open enough or confident enough that the reaction is going to be, you know, not condemning, but rather, like, okay, like, why do you think that's okay? Like, I love what Kyra was saying earlier. Like, her parents would always say, like, no, you can't go out, but we'll hang out with you. I craved that growing up. Like, I was probably the friend that would show up at Kyra's house. <laughs> like, I had friends like that, and it was so refreshing to be in those environments because it didn't feel like, you know, I had to force talk to my relatives. And so now, um, for social media impacting me now today, like, I, I do, I am more extroverted, so talking to people wasn't a problem, but having, like, real, honest conversations are so healthy and so real, and getting to do that now with my parents and now with my friends has been the most freeing thing because I've been able to, like, debunk lies that maybe I've thought of myself or what I thought of relationships looked like, marriages looked like, friendships looked like, careers, what I was supposed to do after college, what am I supposed to go to college for, like, all sorts of things. So that's definitely... Um, how social media impacted those relationships for me. All right, and this is our last question, and then we'll open it up if y'all have anything else. But um, now all three of you are in ministry. Your lives look very different. So what does it look like for you now that you're serving the Lord, you're, you know, your lives look very different. Um, look some, a few of you look very different than before. So what does healthy, healthy social media, healthy technology use that, that it can be fun and encouraging so that it's not just all, you know, a lot of hard. What, what's the positive? Um, I definitely think social media can be used for good. And, and um, I've invited tons of friends to, to church through social media to hang out. Um, and I think it can really support relationships as long as it doesn't, like, define relationships. Um, so I think you guys ultimately need to be the ones to define relationships um, even now where I'm at, I am um, getting to, to date this, this awesome girl that loves Jesus. Um, but I didn't know how to pursue a girl because you just don't get taught that. Um, social media defines how you pursue someone. Um, and so I actually got taught by her family, like, you're just going to hang out with us. You're going to be her friend. Um, you're not going to call her every night. You're not going to text her. And then when we say you can, like, you can date her. And at first I was like, what is this? This is so backwards. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and so uh, I, I was really kind of freaked out by it because, like, it was very healthy, and, and her family got to see me, and I got to see her family, um, and now we've been dating, and it's a girl, like, I want to marry because I got to see her through um, through her family, through relationships, and in a, a positive manner. Um, so I think social media can be used to support that. We text and call all the time, but it wasn't defined on that. We didn't start that way. Um, she actually, when I had started texting her, she, um, texted me one night and said, Hey, um, I really don't think we should be texting as much as we are if we're not going to date. Um, and so that had never happened before. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, our relationship is not going to be defined off social media. It's not going to be defined off communicating through that way. Um, and it's going to be defined another way and then supported through that. Um, so it can be used for, for good. And um, I think it's ultimately a way to reach people, a way to, to have community um, and just be with others. So. Yeah, I agree with everything he said. I believe social media became uh, good for me when I realized that I couldn't hide behind a camera. I couldn't hide behind mm -hmm. a DM. I couldn't hide behind, um, you know, social media. Like, I couldn't just be real in a DM. Like, I had, I had to be real in person. I had mm -hmm. to be... Um, the same, I had to be integral, I had to be a nice woman, just not on social media, like I have to be able to communicate mm -hmm. and just be real in person and not just behind a screen or not just behind a camera and in messages. So that's when I think it became great for me when I realized like I can't just say what I want on social media, like I have to, especially with being in ministry, like how am I pointing people to Jesus? How am I pointing students? Um, 
I think social media for us became good when I realized, okay, like I can't just be real with you over social media. Like I got to be real with you in person. Mm-hmm. And how am I pointing you to Jesus? How am mm-hmm. I showing you Jesus? And not just my actions, but with my words and with what I'm posting and so forth and so on. So, yeah. Um, I, this is kind of funny, but when I first started going to Highlands College, like right as we were about to start, our first semester, I genuinely felt like the Lord was telling me, you have to delete your Snapchat completely. Like, you've got to get off of it. Because it was something that was, you know, hindering my integrity because it was, it still was like a safe blanket for me. Like, I could talk to my friends or whatever, but and, and it was just, it's almost like playing with fire for, for me personally. Like, that's not everyone's story, but that's just me. Instagram, I, I took a sabbatical from, LOL, a sabbatical from, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> but excuse me, that was not the right word. I just took a break from it. I didn't actually have a sabbatical. <laughs> I needed a break. Um, so I, I got off of it for like three months. I just had to almost like detoxify my mind from what I, I thought social media even was. And then when I got back on, it wasn't as interesting. And so that was so good for me because it was like, all right, I don't really want to be on social media all the time. I want to have real relationships. I want to have close friends that I, I'm talking to all the time. Like Kyle was saying, I can't just be vulnerable in a really, you know, emotional caption to a Bible verse picture that I post and call that ministry. Like, that's not ministry. Ministry is getting in people's storms, getting in their messes and saying, hey, I'm here with you and we can go through this together, at least from my perspective. And for social media now, like, I'm getting to still, you know, reach out to friends that maybe I've known from high school and, like, we get to catch up, but also, like, I can post something on my story that I'll have people respond and they're like, oh my gosh, that's so good. Like, even if it's just a little picture of a um, like a Bible verse or reposting something from church, like it piques people's interest mm-hmm. when you have something that maybe they want. So like yeah. Jesus, yeah. simple, like simple as that. So it's been great. And, and now I feel like my relationship to social media has less b- been about myself and posting things that make me feel good mm-hmm. and rather just posting things that maybe I think are funny. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I think everyone would laugh at this. Or maybe I'm just, I'm like, I really like this. And reposting things about church and inviting people to church through it and just celebrating others through it, making it more encouraging platform than anything other than that. Well, we have a few more. We have about five, ten more minutes if anybody has any questions. So, um, social media with my children. So, we've always said, we're going to check your phone. We're going to look through your phone. But now that it's, and I still do that, but there's a part of me that feels guilty about it, which I know is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, how do I do that? Like, checking the phone, do I do it with him sitting there? Do I do it after he goes to bed mm-hmm. where I feel like I'm sneaking? Mm-hmm. Talk me through how... Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I absolutely love my little sister, but um, the way that my parents, like, they just trusted me and my brother. They still took our phone and went through it, but she was, she's the youngest, so, you know, whatever. The youngest is the youngest. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> their way of doing that, they were just like, hey, I'll pay for your phone, and you can give it to me, and if you got a problem with that, then you must not need it. Like, what is it? I think it was a bigger picture of, like, what is it that you're hiding that I you don't want me to take your phone. Like, what is it that you're doing? And I think for her, and even for me, like, it opened my eyes. Like, if my parents can't see this, I don't want to do it. Like, if they got to, you know, if they, if it's a fight and a hassle to get my phone, then, like, am I really doing something I'm not supposed to do? But at the end of the day, my parents was like, hey, I pay for your phone. I pay for your phone bill, so you can give it to me. And when I'm done, you can get it back. <laughs> so I think that was the biggest thing. Do you also feel like that gives them an out to be able to say, hey, my, my parents check my phone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And for me, because my, like I said, my best, I had friends that were in the world. So for me, it was like, hey, don't send me this. I'm sorry. My parents are going to check my phone. And I, the last thing I want them to see is this. And if it did come to my phone, like, I was quick to explain, hey, this is what you're going to see. This is not my fault. This is what happened. This is what I said. So (laughs) just so you know, like, I was quick to just, like, cover everything. Because at the end of the day, I want my parents to trust me. And I want them to trust, like, that I'm able to make some wise decisions and not just be, okay with any and everything so what I think the consequences though if you had something on your phone and like getting in trouble like what that what oh, I got my phone taken I learned <laughs> I did I got, <laughs> I got my phone taken even in high school like for me to be older I think I got my phone it stopped like when I was in the 10th grade but in the ninth grade my parents was like hey if we can't trust you with this then like we're gonna take it I'm sorry but you just, we have to trust you. And if we can't trust you, then I'm going to take it at the end of the day. Always went back to, like, we pay for it. And <laughs> I can take it from you. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so I have a three-year-old daughter, but I'm already thinking about when she's a teenager, you know. And so I 
Um, for me, that I had friends that it was like that, and kind of what Kyra was saying, like they would take her phone, but it, it almost like pushed her to want to even have that freedom that she could like, just do whatever she wanted. But then at the end of the day, like it, it really came down to the the love in that one on one relationship. And even for me, like when I knew my parents were going to give me consequences for my actions, whenever like that did happen. It, it really helped whenever they would just actually spend time with me and just have that one-on-one -on -one intentional relationship. And I think that's the biggest thing to guard because that's the easiest thing for social media to try to steal. So that's probably all I would say to that. Yeah. Um, so I said I, I grew up in a pretty restricted household. And I actually, when those restrictions went away, I kind of tested the waters. Um, but I would say that, honestly, like, they might rebel, but they will know the truth. Mm -hmm. Like, they will know what gives them life, what gives... Um, just fulfillment and so if you set the restrictions that like hey we're not going to do this we're not going to do that um, it's going to seem curious to them to like all right well i want to try this um, but they're going to know right when they try it that it's it's not what it looks like it's not um, fulfilling and so i actually did that and now i'm back serving the lord so my parents just instilled in me like we're going to be at church we're going to love the lord we're not going to do these things um, and then i didn't do all those things and i, I did whatever i wanted um, but I knew that didn't fulfill me. And then growing up in a Christian household, I had the Holy Spirit inside of me, and I didn't even know it. Um, but it just convicted me to bring me back to that path and just knowing that you're always there um, with open arms, like we'll always accept you back. And so there might be a little danger with rebelling, but I think they'll always come back. So I have a teenage daughter, and I have noticed the boys want to FaceTime her <laughs> instead of just texting or talking on the she does not have a boyfriend, so I had to shut that down. I'm like, you don't have any guys in your life who would have earned the right <laughs> to face him. But I don't know if my perception is wrong, if I'm giving too much boundary there, or if FaceTime is allowing for facial expressions mm -hmm. and better communication. So what guidance can y'all give on that? I just think with FaceTime, uh, it's kind of like um, whatever guy FaceTimes her, like you wouldn't just let any guy come into your house. Um, but through her phone, you're letting any guy come into your house. And so um, if you let anybody FaceTime her, they're coming, uh, they're talking to her. Um, and so I think that's great to, to shut that down because um, it does have a great effect. And yeah, you did, right? You did, right? Um, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, and I just think like the more they talk, they can develop an emotional soul tie. And I've seen that in my own life. There are like emotional soul ties talking to someone and seeing their face all the time. So I think that's great. I have a question about, <clears throat> so I have a 10 and almost seven year old. So we're not quite there, but we're on the cusp of where I feel like, and my, um, my immediate response is no social media, hmm. like none until you're in high school. <laughs> I mean, like, and maybe you don't even need it then, right. you know? Right. Um, so, I mean, is that like a feasible thought or is that just kind of like, I personally don't think it's crazy if I I feel like I I felt better when I wasn't in social media because right. social media opened up opened up a lot of fear a lot of thoughts a lot of anxiety and it opened up I mean it opened up room in my opinion for the enemy to come in and be like hey this is what you can't do hey this is what your friends are doing mm -hmm. so I don't think it's bad like I if I could go back and not get social media like I had so much fun with not having it and then when I first got a Facebook I felt like I was missing out when really like I wasn't so honestly I don't think it's like even now I find myself deleting social media because it's like mm -hmm. it's the same thing you look at stuff and then you see people highlight real and then it's over with like it's a continuation of that so I don't think it's bad but y'all don't think it's bad. can we record you and we play that yeah. <laughs> they may not like me if they hear that. <laughs> no, it's it's kind of the same thought as Kyra with social media, but I think something that would have been so fun for me or just even like relationally edifying with my with my parents is to almost like watch them and how they do social media and then that in turn is gonna show me like, okay, that's all you social media. When I mean growing up my the way I saw my parents was different, but now looking at it, I still 
despite everything that was going on, like I was still looking to them and their actions for guidance. I was watching everything that they did, everything that they said, everything that they were looking at. I was like, what are you doing? And so it, it doesn't matter like what age they, they get to. I feel like I still look to my parents. I don't know if y'all agree and just like watch how they handle certain situations. Yeah. And so on social media, it's kind of a similar aspect where it's, it's just something that when you set that precedent, like they're going to follow it. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that you respond to it, the, rea- the way that you react to it, the space that you leave for conversations about it, I think that's going to be the best thing for any any kid, just to be able to feel open and safe to talk to you about things that maybe they're hearing at school. Like, right. you have no idea what those kids are seeing, so being able to feel safe to talk about it, I think, is also a great thing for kids. Um, okay, so <clears throat> you hear about all these dating apps mm-hmm. and you know, how some kids are, like, getting kidnapped nowadays. Mm -hmm. So do you think that it's too over the top for me as a mom to share that with my son that's 11 or my daughter that's even maybe not as, I don't know, like, I don't know how in in depth I would get with my Mm seven-year-old daughter, but I feel like it could be beneficial to say this little girl got taken away Mm -hmm. from her family because of being on this app and she started talking to some random person so do y'all think that's too as a kid that was honestly exposed to a lot of things unaware to my parents i think that is honestly the the quicker you can just kind of start getting it like in normal conversations where it takes away that fear of at least from you like even just knowing that your kid's aware of it and use discernment in that and what age and how to approach that i mean my my parents and i like we've now had talks about that but growing up like it it wasn't it wasn't the norm I guess, because, I mean, like I said, we were going through different things. But um, for that, like, I have friends who, like, they have a, uh, how old is Anna Kate's sister? Like, 10? Mm-hmm. They're, like, 10, and she knows about different topics about homosexuality, about these dating apps, about Instagram, about all these different really, like, hot topics right now. And it's because her mom is, like, and, and her dad, like, have really taken that authority in their house of, like, hey, this is what we believe. These are the boundaries that we have set. This is what scripture says. And then teaching it from a biblical perspective of what those relationships look like and defining it that way. But that's my perspective. So I think the earlier you can define it, the better, um, so that they know, like, that's the truth. And anything they see otherwise is not the truth. Um, but in social media, like in, in schools even, if they're in public school, they're getting um, exposed to it very, very young. Like some seven- and eight-year-olds getting to hear things they shouldn't hear, um, knowing things they shouldn't know. So as soon as you can define it um, and be like, this is the truth and this is what we're going to follow, then they know that all these other voices are lies and they don't have to follow that. Like whether they say it or not, they're looking for someone to lead them in all things, <laughs> whether they even agree with it or not or fight back. That's all I ever wanted. Real quick question. So if, um, I have a daughter who's a freshman and Snapchat is, I mean, it's her world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how, I mean, you say, I mean, I understand it, it can go in all directions. And how can, I mean, I know we can check her, I can check her Instagram, I can do her, check her DMs, I, but she doesn't use any of that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's all Snapchat. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying she's doing anything wrong with it. I know right. it's just a way of her socializing. It really is, in right. her opinion, I mean, in her head, the way she makes friends and, and so forth. Um, so how do we limit um, help? Mm-hmm. not to go down an unsafe path with that. I mean, besides time yeah. that she spent, I mean, the time that she had, that, I mean, I just, all I can feel that I could um, just trust that she isn't, you know what I mean, yeah. like yeah. she won't do things that she's not supposed to do yeah. because of our, her background, right. because of what's going on in our family or right. home, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. but I mean, there's really no other way. Yeah. Um, I, I think you could check her Snapchat with her sitting there and then ask her. Um, so if somebody is sending something they shouldn't send, be like, hey, who is this? Is this a normal thing that they send you? Um, like, are you normally hearing this? Like, what are people saying to you? Like, are people cussing? Like, whatever that looks like, um, ask her questions mm-hmm. so that, like, it's face-to-face. She, she's going to be honest. She's going to be real. Um, and just confronting her on it. So if there is anything um, that she shouldn't be doing, then you confront it and you can tell her, like, hey, that, that's not what we're going to do. Um, and if it is something that she's not doing right, I think um, it doesn't seem possible to a lot of uh, uh, younger people, but it, it is possible to live without that. Um, yeah, and so uh, taking it away for a couple of days 
um, I realized that like I deleted it for a couple of days and and now it's been two years since I haven't had Snapchat and so it's just it's not oh, a part of my life. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, I actually. I had before um, actually, and um, the goal was to get as many streaks as you could. And then I actually had a day where I realized this number is just gonna keep going up and it doesn't lead anywhere. Um, and so I ended streaks and um, realized like it's possible to live without that. Um, and it doesn't matter how high the number gets. Um, it really has no effect, you know. I want to thank Kyra, Josh, and Natalie for sharing, for giving their experiences and just being so so honest about what they've walked through. I know I learned a ton. I hope that y'all were able to take some good notes. And whether you're a parent right in the thick of it, I am with one teenager and two almost teenagers. I know for me it was hugely helpful entering this phase. But you may be a grandparent. You may be not yet a mom you may be in some different phases and I feel like there was a lot to learn for all of us from this story and this one because it has been so requested feel free to pass along if you got a lot from it feel free to use in your churches or in your small groups we have had some people reach out and say when can we use this as a resource and so if We don't often consider our podcast resources, but this might be one of those. And so if you want to use that, feel free. We thank you for joining us today. We love when you rate and subscribe and share and review our podcast and all those things on any listening platform online. If you want to be a part of what we're doing and get reminders of our weekly podcast, if you want to join us online, then you can go subscribe to our email list at storytellerslive.org. You can join us on social media and Instagram at Storytellers Live Podcast or on Facebook at Storytellers Live. And we love when you jump on and introduce yourself and share your own stories. And and we're always there. And so thanks for listening today. And we hope to be with you next week.